SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We got you for the next hour here on the show. We're done at 1 o'clock Eastern, but of course we're here every day from noon to 2 Eastern trying to help you in fantasy football, help you in wagering, and tell you what's going on in sports, which includes college basketball, saying the show must go on, and it will. They'll be playing the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. That's right. The city of Indianapolis, according to multiple reports, will host the tournament, including the Sweet 16 and the Final Four and everything else. So an interesting bubble being created by college basketball. Certainly good news for us here at SportsGrid. Also, Joe, tonight, will it be good news for the Chicago Bears or the Minnesota Vikings? A very interesting game that will be played later on tonight. Uh, Vikings have played extremely well over the last couple of weeks. Bears have played extremely poor over the last couple of weeks. So something's got to give on Monday Night Football tonight. Yes, and the unstoppable force meets the movable object of the Bears. And look, the Bears are the worst running football team in uh, the league right now, statistically speaking. And things are not going to be much better for them tonight, potentially with some of the backups and guys that are being out there, like Cordell Patterson is going to be out there. Ryan Nall is going to be out there. So who knows? Anything can happen. It's football, I guess, any given Monday. And we all like to talk about sometimes, you know, those home teams on Monday Night Football that don't get respect end up showing up and, and deserving some. But... I'm rooting for the Vikings here. I keep telling you, I want this narrative to continue to build here that they control their own destiny. The Lions, not a very good football team. They had two games left against them. The Bears, I think a football team that has flaws in it for sure. They had two games left against them. They already beat the Packers. Then they get Dallas. They get Jacksonville. They get Carolina. Who knows if they'll get Teddy B or CMC or any of those other fun nicknames potentially in that game when they get to play them. The Vikings are in control here. They put themselves at a huge deficit. They recognize what tonight's about. So let's see if they step up to the challenge yet again and answer the bell when it rings. And that bell really means Dalvin Cook running for uh, a lot of yards again. Because uh, I, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, I don't know. It seems like all those guys have kind of disappeared from the fantasy consciousness. And it's all about Dalvin Cook right now in the Vikings. So as long as he holds out, I think the Vikes have a good chance to get back in this thing. We'll see tonight. All right, Vikings are three-point favorites uh, as of right now in this game in Chicago. All right, let's go into the, our top stories here in hour number two. We'll have Chris on the update coming up in about 10 minutes from now, but the Vikings-Bears does take the lead for Monday Night Football tonight. Also, three college football games already taken off the Saturday slate. Unfortunately, off the slate completely is Will Muschamp, uh, fired again in the SEC, and uh, no longer the head coach at South Carolina. Florida let him go. South Carolina let him go. One of the best guys, nice guy, great guy. Everyone loves him, but has failed now at a couple different spots as head coach. Mike Bobo, the interim coach there at South Carolina, also familiar with the SEC and Georgia. Jim Behind test positive for COVID-19, so we certainly wish him the best. Unfortunately, a sad story to see Anthony Stewart pass away at the age of 50, the UT uh, Martin basketball coach. One of his sons uh, plays there as well. So certainly that's a you know unfortunate story for college basketball. Good news and bad news there. And also, uh, Joe, a press conference this morning from the Miami Marlins as they announced mm-hmm. uh, Kim Ng as their general manager. And you know that story really took hold over the weekend. We saw a lot of people weigh in on that, including Hall of Famer Warren Moon saying what an unbelievable time it is for sports to see a woman as a general manager. Also, uh, Michelle Obama 
the first lady, former first lady, weighing in as well, saying what a great day it was. And, and Kim in her press conference today, specifically saying Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, growing up watching those women succeed in their roles will definitely open up the door for a lot of others. So a uh, lot, lot to get to here on the show and actually a nice story to see with the Marlins this morning as well. Yeah, it's the importance of representation. You know, it's not about handing people jobs. It's about handing them opportunities to be good at those jobs. And I think it's long overdue, and I think it's great to see. And I'm sure there'll be other uh, sports and organizations to follow suit. And uh, just for uh, young girls everywhere to be able to see that. I talked to my cousin, who is a huge sports fan, and uh, she's the person who taught me football. You know, she she learned football at the feet of the Tice family, you know, who, you know, the Tices who played in the NFL ended up coaching right. uh, for the Vikings. So that's how I learned football through her, through a woman. And uh, I'll tell you right now, she told me when she saw this news, and she's a huge baseball fanatic, has been for, for my entire life. She said, had this happened when she was, say, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 years old, it would have changed your entire path. If she knew that this was yeah, something that you could achieve, she would have totally turned around and she ended up working in finance and all these other things. So she had the right mind for it, the right mindset, the right knowledge of the game. But that would have been the path, but it was never open. It wasn't even a consideration for someone like her in the, I would say, mid 80s, mid to late 80s. And now seeing this, it's very exciting. It's, it's an incredible thing. And I think that's what's important here is, again, it's about it's about representation. It's about having a voice out there and having those opportunities. It's not that you have to hire every candidate that comes through that is not, you know, uh, of a certain kind. But it's also it's understanding that. It's important those interviews are happening. It's important the Rooney Rule exists. It's important for people of color, for women, for everybody to see that it doesn't matter. All that matters is that are you qualified for the job? You should at least get the interview for the job. You should get the opportunity. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on Kim. Let's not face let's face facts. Like it's going to be a lot of pressure on her to succeed, I think, in that job. But it seems to me, at least, from everything I've heard, that she's up to that task. And we certainly will find out the Marlins will need it as they try to get back into the postseason again in 2021. She'll be leading the charge along with Derek Jeter and Gary Denbo and the people that they have assembled there with the Miami Marlins. And to think that if the Marlins could have agreed to terms with President Michael Hill, Kimming would not be the general manager of the Marlins today. So interesting note, at least for me going into this. All right, coming up next, one of the more exciting games of the day, Arizona and Buffalo from a fantasy perspective. We'll dive into that next. Also, Pittsburgh takes care of uh, Cincinnati in a very big way. What does that mean for the Steelers going forward? Can they go 16-0 and over the course of the regular season? When will their first loss be? I don't know if I know the answer to that. We'll take a quick timeout here on FST. We'll be back with more right after this, so make sure you stay on the grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. A very... I would say historic ending in the game between Arizona and Buffalo. It's not very often with no time left on the clock, a quarterback throws all the way down the field. And in these situations, uh, I am a glass half full kind of guy. I got to say, and, and Joe, I want to give Hopkins credit, but I just never understood this from the defense. This is just something that should never, ever happen in the NFL. You just have to tell the defenders, just knock the ball down. I don't understand 
to this day how you can ever let a touchdown happen. By the way, not even in the back of the end zone, like kind of in the middle of the end zone. He just basically mm-hmm. threw it up and nobody knocked it down. I, I just couldn't believe it yesterday. But fun game to watch for sure. As Kyler Murray throws for 245 passing yards, 61 rushing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, a couple of rushing <laughs> yards for him. He's having a great season, no doubt. Uh, Kenyon Drake, he returned, had one long rush, also 16 total carries, 100 rushing yards. Chase Edmonds got involved early on in the game and then not so much at the end. He had eight carries, 56 yards, three receptions, 21 yards. It seems like Edmonds is best when there's someone else there as well, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not as the lead guy. Uh, and then Hopkins' numbers in the end look good, but really it was all in that one catch. Seven receptions, 127, and a touchdown. In terms of Buffalo, Josh Allen, another solid game for him, although he did throw a couple of picks in this one. 32 of 49, 284 passing yards, 38 rushing yards, and also scored a touchdown reception in this one. That's correct. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, one receiving touchdown. So Allen continues to file up the stats. And by the way, had Buffalo won that game yesterday, I think Josh Allen's probably back as the favorite for the MVP in the NFL. It's just a wild year for that. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 10 receptions, 93 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He's been fantastic. John Brown, 6 for 72. Cole Beasley, 11 mm. for 109 and a touchdown. So we talked a ton about uh, Murray and this catch, and, and I suppose we could just do it all day long if we wanted to. But uh, <laughs> the reality of, of where we're headed is it's going to be a very interesting I think race to the MVP here because Kyler Murray is in the conversation. Wilson is still very much in the conversation, although he took a little bit of a step back. So is Tom Brady. So is Aaron Rodgers. And again, if Stefan Diggs's catch is the end of the game, Josh Hallen, I think takes a massive jump right to the yeah. top. As far as MVP is again, he took a step back and then he could move forward. So your guess is as good as mine. To the end of the year, it could be anybody. Right? Anybody, if anybody's MVP to win, I don't know. And, and by the way, Mahomes, I forgot to mention Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation. Yeah, he's pretty good. I don't think that I've ever gone ten weeks without really having a favorite. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, there's certainly, I think you could make a case for all of them. And you're right; it's going to probably go back and forth. I think those two losses to the Saints really do hurt Brady. And now Kyler Murray's in control of his own destiny. We keep talking about it on the show last week. So Thursday night football this week, we're going to get Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And there's a chance here with the way the Seattle's defense is played. And honestly, we'll get to Russell Wilson in a second. I got some mind blowing stats on him too that will kind of you know start to make you shake and shiver a little bit and say, okay, what's going on here with Russell Wilson? But Kyler Murray made this moment happen. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that could have avoided what happened before this throw happened in this game at the end. Okay. He rolls out there, avoids a tackle, is able to set his feet enough to throw a perfect, not, not just a ball somewhere. Generally, I'm talking about perfectly thrown ball to the exact spot, right where Deandre Hopkins is. And yes, it was a terrible job there. It seemed like those guys were going up to catch the ball, not to knock the ball down from the way their arms were moving, at least the guys behind him at the very least. And I understand you don't want a penalty there. You don't want to then have them have one more play at the goal line and have a chance there. You want to just try your best to knock this ball down. It just seemed like you said they were going to catch the ball a little bit more than they were trying to just knock the ball down. A little bit more? None of them even swatted at it. Well, there's one guy guy that swats. I forget if it's Poyer or Hyde, but one of them is moving forward and downward. So I I went back and watched it again this morning to be clear on that because I'm like you. You just get caught up in the moment. You're like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? You're also right. Chase Edmonds is probably best when Drake is there. And vice versa. I think Drake is at his best when Edmonds is playing well. I think this two-headed monster is good. Kenny Drake did have a bad fumble in this game, too. 
Just want to point that out. Also, a lot of turnovers. You know, the first half of this game was really unique because it felt like, you know, two prize fighters just kind of, you know, going at it a little bit, sparring with each other. And then they knew that all of a sudden, okay, now we got to turn it on. We're in the last couple of rounds. Somebody's got to win this fight. And you saw interceptions there by Kirkpatrick. You saw fumbles. You saw, uh, you know, Josh Allen have some bad moments here. You saw Kyler Murray have a couple of bad moments there, but then make some great plays. And the incredible athleticism of these two quarterbacks, it's such a fun game to watch when these two guys are on the field that it's going to be fascinating to see on a short week too. What happens? Does this momentum carry over? Are they exhausted from this kind of a game? I don't know, man, but all of a sudden Thursday Night Football is like the must-see game of the week, possibly. And you're right. I don't know ever a time where MVP has been this back and forth where all these guys you can make a good case for right now. And that's why I jumped on the Kyler Murray odds when I have. We'll see if it's right. But right now, you went from 25-1 to 1 to 8-1. to 1. Whew, That's a fascinating jump right there. And who knows? It could go right back to 25-1 to 1 to be losing to Russell Wilson this week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if he wins, I think that he moves up. And if he loses, I think he's out. That's That could be, I mean, we're, we're toward the end of the season here. So yeah, I mean, uh, he could go from eight to one to four to one. He could move ahead of Russell Wilson. Right now, Mahomes is the favorite at plus 175. So uh, Rodgers is still right there. He's among the favorites and so is Wilson. And then it's uh, Murray and then it's Josh Allen after that. So we'll see moving forward. You're right. Thursday could determine it, at least as far as those two players are concerned. Whoever loses may be out of that running. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's take a look at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. And this one was really over before it started. And a pretty good lesson indeed too. Pittsburgh's defense is just so good. And um, and then they really just dominated this game and gave all the opportunities to their offense because of the defense. Roethlisberger, 333 and four touchdowns. Connor did not do much. Juju Smith-Schuster, nine receptions, 77 receiving yards and a touchdown. Great day also for Deontay Johnson, who had six catches, 116 receiving yards and a touchdown. Chase Claypool has been fantastic this year. Four receptions, 56 yards, two more touchdowns. He gets almost every red zone look. It almost feels like at the end of the game, Roethlisberger tries to throw it to the other guys because he's just throwing a clay pool so much near the end zone and handing off the clay pool at the end zone too. This guy's just getting a lot of playing time. Uh, as far as Cincinnati goes, it was a good day for basically one player on their team, and it was T. Higgins and nobody else. Burrow did not play well. This reminded me a lot of the Ravens game. It's very clear at this point. Uh, Burrow's going to have ups and downs. When he goes against a very uh, good defense, he's going to struggle, and he struggled big time yesterday, 21-40. 20, to 40. 213 passing yards and just a touchdown. Bernard, a quiet day. Higgins, a great day. And Tyler Boyd got 10 fantasy points. But really, the story is Pittsburgh, Joe. They continue to roll. They're undefeated. They're playing great. Their defense is great. Their offense is great. All their, their fantasy guys are mm -hmm. uh, were pretty much viable yesterday. It's been dicey to figure out who they're going to be on a week-to-week -week basis, but everybody showed up yesterday for them, and everybody got fantasy points, except for the running back, ironically. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing. And Deontay Johnson, by the way, people forget he was the guy, he was the pick, I should say, that was acquired in the Antonio Brown trade. And that seems to be working out for them right now. Deontay Johnson, when he's healthy and on the field, has been good, even with Claypool now, which is something that we were waiting to see. Can they both coexist there? Juju was good in this game. You're right. The running backs, you know, that's kind of come back a little bit here. Roethlisberger played well. It just felt like they were outclassed in this game. And I think that's where we're at right now. And TJ Watt, what a season that guy's having too. I mean, he's up towards the uh, top of the tier in terms of sack leaders. He's been just phenomenal this year. He's definitely in consideration for defensive player of the year. These were just two teams for me, Craig, that were just different universes in terms of talent, in terms of where they were right now. And who knows, maybe next year and the year after that, Cincinnati's going to get a little closer, but you're right. Outclassed is kind of what came to mind in this one. 
Yeah, let's uh, quickly wrap up here with the Raiders and Broncos. We don't need to spend a lot of time because it was a dominant game, and the Raiders played very well, and the Broncos played horribly. Uh, Carr, 154 passing yards. Jacobs, over 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Booker even got involved in the action uh, with a couple touchdowns because Denver just kept turning the ball over. Uh, Waller, three for 37. As far as the Broncos are concerned, I still think it's horrible coaching, not going for it on fourth and two, kicking field goals at the beginning of the game. They just don't give themselves a chance to win. Um, Drew Locke did not play well, four interceptions, and those, those are the numbers for everybody else. Judy was the only one that was worth playing, and even still as a flex. And uh, this was a disappointment for me. I thought the Broncos would show up, would play halfway decent against the Raiders, but they did not at all. And uh, the Raiders basically at this point, this to me was the statement game. You beat a team mm-hmm. you're supposed to be as a big favorite. Yeah. They did. And they are right there to make the playoffs, and they got an excellent shot, I think, moving forward. But Denver, just horrible, horrible, horrible game. Maybe the worst played game for any team in the NFL, I thought yesterday. Okay, coming up next, it's time for us to dive into the Rams and Seahawks, also Saints and 49ers. Late game, coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's the NFC West that really looked like it could be Seattle's for the taking. The question is, at this point, is that still the case based on the way that the Rams dominated the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday? Let's take a look at the Rams offensively. A really good day all around. Jared Goff, 27 of 37, 302 passing yards. Uh, Running game a little interesting. Akers opened up the game. Malcolm Brown was involved. Henderson was involved. So basically non-trustable for any of the three. But from a fantasy perspective, Brown gave you some points. And so did Daryl Henderson. So those two players were playable. And it does seem like Brown is the goal line guy there, at least from me watching that game. Josh Reynolds, Mm -hmm. eight receptions, 94 yards. Cooper Cup, five receptions, 50 yards. Tyler Higby, three receptions for 60 yards. Otherwise quiet, but really the Rams didn't have to do much because Russell Wilson, to me, that was probably the most disappointing game that I saw him play of the season. 22 of 37 248 passing yards, but two interceptions, including, I believe, both in the red zone. He also rushed for 60 yards. But uh, you probably lost if you played Russell Wilson in fantasy this past week, whether it's season-long or DFS. Alex Collins was the guy yesterday (laughs) running the ball for Seattle, not DJ Dallas, not Travis Homer. So who even knows what to trust moving forward with them? 11 uh, carries, 43 rushing yards, one reception, four receiving yards, and a touchdown for him. Tyler Lockett, five receptions, 66 yards. DK Metcalf had a quiet game and absolutely no targets in the first half of this game, Joe. So certainly at this point, it looks like the Rams and Seahawks are going to battle this thing down to the end. And also certainly at this point, we are never going to listen to you when you have any opinion as to whether or not the Rams or can win or lose a game. Can we please finally move on? From your Rams analysis, it needs to stop. You don't know who the Rams are. The end. Thank you. Move on. I hate the Rams. I hate them. So in my heart, in my soul, I hate this team. And they scored 23 points. Let's not pretend like they were so dominant and great in this game. Seven turnovers in the last two games for Russell Wilson. In honor of Thanksgiving, he's giving away this division. He's just handing it on a platter. 
He can't win a road game. The defense is terrible. But look, you keep turning the ball over. There's no way you're going to win football games. And that's what they did. They just continuously turned this ball over time and time again in these spots. They probably should have won this game, but they didn't. And I can't stand the Rams. It's terrible. It's horrible. In the two most important leagues, I had one where I had to start Daryl Henderson and one to start Malcolm Brown. That's the only saving grace because I knew today here I would get throttled by you, and rightfully so. I hate the Rams. I don't I understand mean, the Rams. You set yourself up I for it, though. Like, I, you, you I set did. yourself. I, listen, I cried on Thursday. I tried I to bail you out. I, I tried. I said, Joe, look, I, I don't think you want to do this with the Rams. Very Please, just stay, just stay away. I mean, because I, the, the conversation was very, very clear and simple. Maybe I there's a blind spot for you. Maybe there's a blind spot for you with the Rams. And then you commented back, no, everybody doesn't know who the Rams are. I'm like, no, it's just you. You don't know. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. And then at that point, I gave you the out. You could have said, well, you know what? You're right. I'm just going to pass this game. But no, but no, you quadrupled down. I mean, what is eight in those terms? Because we've been doing this like eight weeks in a row to say, you know what? This is it. This is the time. Seattle's going to win. And if not, Craig, you can come yep. in on the, back on the show Monday yep. and make fun of me. Now, I'm not making fun of you, but I am just asking for the love of the Ram. Please, any other game is on the board, and I will value and trust that opinion as a possibility. I will. But I will not with the Rams. No more. You got to move on. No can I Rams, ask you a question? Please. Can I ask you a question, Craig? Just one question. Who Who are the Rams? I don't know, but that doesn't go for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Rams are the team that I picked to win yesterday. Okay, but no, that doesn't make a difference. I'm glad you that makes no I'm difference. Glad you got it as, right. as, listen, when we when you look at a line, don't look at the team. <laughs> look at the I line. Know, I, the Rams were favored in the game. They're trying to sucker so you. <laughs> They're trying to sucker you. They want. Know. You know what they said in Las Vegas? We need a new hotel. How can we build it? Joe Pizzapia. That's how. And the Rams. I I I am the Rams are to Joe Pizzapia as the New Orleans Saints are to the Buccaneers. That is my SAT analogy for everybody for the rest of the year. There you go. That's that's what I'm gonna do. So I'm out. And and listen, it, it, it may out. change, but look, for example like for example, there are some teams that I just don't have a clue on, but the Rams are one of those teams. We all have blind spots. That's that's one of them. But regardless of that, don't now, here's here's my personal advice. Don't <laughs> give up on Seattle. Don't give up on Seattle. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. Seattle probably comes well, back I, in and all fair, I'm not I'm not being a prisoner of the moment, Seattle. Seattle's off three straight road games. If you can't win on the road, it's really tough to win a division. I, I, I think we all, especially a division that's this competitive. And right now, be all right. with the way the, be all the right. way the Cardinals are playing. I don't know. The Cardinals defense isn't great. The way the Cardinals are throwing up a Hail Mary at the end of the game to win. Come on. What what I'm Seattle, saying is Seattle Thursday. Seattle Thursday has a very good chance to beat Arizona. Where, where is that do. game? That game is in Seattle. Okay. So, so. what is that? They they haven't been great. There. Listen, listen. When Jamal Adams is leading your team in sacks and he's missed half the season, their defense that tells you there's a real problem. That's a real problem right now in Seattle. Okay. He's leading the team. Fall, and if you keep turning the ball. I don't care how good and look, Jalen Ramsey was fantastic in this game. The MVP of this game is not Jared Goff. MVP of this game is Jalen Ramsey, who shut down DK Metcalf for most of that game. Let's be honest. Like that, and I, I thought that he would and he did. There was one or two moments there where DK did have an opportunity there, but you know, Wilson unfortunately couldn't get the job done there. And 
I'm shocked to see at this point in the season, at the midway point, my confidence level in Russell Wilson is, is shaken because you can't turn the ball over that much. Be helpful to fine. me in fantasy. Be helpful to me in reality. I hope it's fine. Let's see. He's gonna be fine. He's gonna be okay. fine. Don't worry. Okay. It'll be. It'll, it'll all be okay. Probably as soon as this week is my guess. But, but you know, week to week league. Take the previous week. Throw it out. Move on. You'll be better for it. What about uh, the last just like the thing. <laughs> He'll be, he'll be fine. Uh, Saints and 49ers. Uh, Saints are, are you could be in some trouble here if Drew Brees is out because Winston did not look good. Winston came in and just kept throwing over Michael Thomas's head like over and over again. I think that like he wanted to be friends with him or something, better friends, because he just kept targeting him and throwing it over his head. That didn't work. <laughs> Jason Hill, eight carries, 45 yards. Kamara, three touchdowns, seven catches. Latavius Murray. Only, look, don't, Just ignore these numbers from Murray because he only played at the end of the game when it was over. And that's that's all it was. Now, in terms of San Francisco, their season is definitely over at this point. And Joe, you are correct. It was the Super Bowl hangover. It is over for the 49ers. So there you go. You feel vindicated with that one. Yeah, Nick, a uh, Nick bit Mullins. I do. <laughs> Nick Mullins, 24 of 38, 247, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, do I want to mention anyone else here? Ayuk, seven receptions, 75 uh, yards, and a touchdown. Uh, 49ers played very well in the first half. They played very bad in the second half. I am really disappointed in Nick Mullins. I, I thought Nick Mullins could be a starter in the NFL for someone. I don't know why I was so blind to that two years ago, because since then he's looked awful. I would guess that the 49ers are in the market for a quarterback, Joe, in the draft. I, I would guess mm. that that's the, the route they're, wow. they're going to have to go. They have a lot of injuries and they have a lot of very good excuses, but they're going to end up being 6-10 and 10 or 5-11, or and 11, and that's just a far cry from where they were last year. Yeah, the question is, can they be 6-10 and 10 or 5-11 or 11 and get that quarterback? Your boy Kyle Trask looked pretty good. Saw some highlights on that, man. Woo-wee. Yeah, we talked about like moving up. Be- let me he's, tell you, he's now, I, you know what? I have to check his odds here for the, he's, for the Heisman. He's got, it's, to it's, say it's that crazy. kid's got some zip on the ball is uh, an understatement. Let me tell you, like <laughs> that kid was very impressive. I got to see. He's two to one. Better. He's the favorite for the Heisman. Look at that. Look at that. What was he? He was 30 to one to the favorite. How about that? Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Wow. Look at that. But dude, remember, I, I remember, I remember the show we did. I said it was a joke. I'm just going to put him on there because he's a Gator and now he's the favorite. How about that? Yeah. Well, who's laughing now? Because right now I tell you what, there's a lot of teams looking at that are in that three, four win category. They go, Hmm. You know, maybe we don't get Trevor Lawrence or Fields, but this Trask guy looks like he could be something too. I'm just saying, like, well, it look, it every was year. this time last year that Kyler Murray became the number one guy, right? This time last year, Thank right you. now. Oh no, well, not years uh, two years ago. I'm sorry. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Two mm-hmm. years ago. You're right. Yeah. It happens. Bur- Burrow at this point, we were the momentum had built. So LSU was playing great. Their offense. Yeah, he was, was already off. But, yeah, but it wasn't until November that Kyler Murray was like, wow, this guy may be a top pick mm-hmm. in the draft. Forget about yeah. the number one. There was no conversation in November of Murray being number one. But maybe this is the the trajectory that Trask is on to be the number one pick, Joe, or number two. Maybe. It's, it's amazing. Hey, look, I'm just glad you threw it out there a couple of weeks ago because I thought it was worth mentioning. I didn't because I did. thought it would happen, that's for sure. I, I right, know. we got to wrap here. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's move on to Miami and, and L.A. Uh, Dolphins are in a good spot here as as two it through for two more touchdowns. He hasn't thrown a pick yet, and they're 3-0. and uh, Ahmed rushed for uh, 85 yards. I, I, you know, at this point, he may be the guy going forward, even with Gaskin back. I'm not sure. Jakeem Grant, four receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown without Preston Wilson. He's getting more looks and making the most of them for sure. He almost caught another touchdown pass, by the way, in this game. 
Uh, for the Chargers, Herbert went up against a good defense, performed okay. They just they, they really didn't seem in sync. They missed out on a couple of fourth downs in this game. Uh, they're going to get Eckler back, I think, pretty soon. That will help them. But the Chargers are another team sort of going the wrong way. Uh, Allen caught a late touchdown to save his day, and Hunter Henry actually showed up in this one to score a touchdown. But Miami's been a good story, Joe, and and, mm-hmm. and I think that they're as good a guess as anybody to make the playoff six and three with a soft schedule going forward. I, I would I would say that they probably have a better than fifty percent chance of making it at this point. And they play well on special teams too. They also have 15 straight games with a takeaway. That's an NFL uh, leading number right now for 15 games in a row with a takeaway. So defense has played well. Offense is making plays. Jakeem Grant is really quick. Uh, Devontae Parker has been a big disappointment from a fantasy perspective. But look, maybe Ahmed is the guy. I don't think any of us know. Uh, and the Chargers, look, I think the Chargers can at least look at this year and say, okay, Herbert's the guy. Now what do we do with the rest of the pieces? And Anthony Lynn's going to be a piece that has to be evaluated too because that defense has not played well this year. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back for sure. But guess what? There's another potential future Hall of Famer who's not going to be back with his NBA team. A big trade in the NBA. We'll tell you about it next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Time for a little fantasy or reality. Before we get to that, just bringing you a quick NBA trade. Chris Paul is on the move yet again, this time he goes from Oklahoma City to Phoenix. Of course, uh, this is going to require a lot of players going back the other way, and Phoenix does trade about five or six guys uh, over to Oklahoma City to make that happen. And and look, the Suns played very well down the stretch. They played very well in the bubble, and maybe there is certainly a chance that this is them taking that next step, trying to get back into the top three or four teams in the Western Conference. There's still no doubt that the Lakers and Clippers are up there, but with the draft coming up Wednesday night, Joe, we're going to see a lot of movement going on in the NBA, and the season starts one month from the 22nd. Yeah, it's a great acquisition from Devin Booker's point of view, too, and we'll see if this can uh, help them kind of make this push in the Western Conference. As you mentioned, it's a tough conference. There's no doubt about that, but this is a 10-time All-Star. Whenever you get a 10-time All-Star on your team, a guy, one of the great point guards in the NBA in the last 20 years, then Hey, it's a good day for all the fans of the Phoenix Suns. There's no doubt about that. I'm sure there's a lot of excitement around that. I don't know what the fantasy implications are going to be, but I, I love when I see these trades in the NBA when you get like the great player moving for a bunch of other players because it feels like those trades, sometimes you immediately decline in your fantasy league when things happen. It's like, hey, I'd like the best player on your team for all of these guys and a pick next year. Can I get that done? Can I do that? But in the NBA, Craig, sometimes that gets done. Yeah, and Oklahoma City, by the way, is an up-and-coming team as well. This may end up being better for them in the long Maybe. run than it is Maybe. for Phoenix, but, um, but, we'll, but we'll see. Um, and that leads to our fantasy reality question. I don't know if we can still consider this valid because you know, we, we didn't know about this trade before uh, Brett Levy, our producer, put this in our show today, but we will have two more <laughs> trades before the NBA draft. Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, we saw another trade with uh, Danny Green going to Oklahoma City, and now a second trade between Oklahoma City, Detroit, and Brooklyn already made a trade too. So my guess is fantasy reality. Do I'll give you you give me your guess, then I'll give you mine. Uh, two more <laughs> trades before before the NBA draft. So once the draft starts at seven thirty Eastern, that's out. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to say fantasy. We're not going to get two more now. <laughs> if you asked me this, maybe maybe 20 minutes ago, it might have a different answer. But well, uh, yes, right. I, 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 maybe, maybe. But uh, I'll say this. I, I do think that we are going to get a hardened trade. It's starting to feel more and more like there's a groundswell for that. Now, whether or not that happens before the draft, I don't know. But it seems like there's some momentum building there, which I think would certainly change the landscape quite a bit. A lot of rumors about him maybe to Brooklyn and what that might look like with a healthy Kevin Durant in 2021. That would be uh, something to behold there potentially. There's talk about Kyrie Irving joining them there too. There's a lot of a lot of talk going on, right? There's a lot of the discussions at this point in the NBA. And I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of movement. It's just when that happens, I think that becomes the dicey part. So I'm going to say fantasy, but I do think we get one more before that. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I think we probably will get two more trades. It just seems like there's a groundswell for a lot of these happening and, and teams acquiring picks. If Houston chooses to do that, then that means they're going the other way and maybe they're just looking for picks and looking for the future. There are definitely two or three kids in this draft that I think are going to end up having an impact like Zion last year. So uh, we'll certainly see. But I would say, yeah, we will have two more. I'll say that that is a reality for sure. Okay, this is a tough one here because there's a lot to to really think about when you make this kind of call here. But uh, Sunday's NFL yesterday was really good, of course, because of the later games, all the late slate mm -hmm. of games. But does that take away from the early slate? I think that that is a fair question. So I will say fantasy or reality, Joe, NFL Sunday games are better with two even slates of games. Is that fantasy or reality? I think this is 100% reality, and maybe I'm taking it from the DFS standpoint, but on FanDuel, I got to tell you, it's been really hard this year to isolate slates because you've had so many games in the 1 o'clock and then a handful in the 4 o'clock. For the most part, that's the way the season's going. This week was totally different. It's something we really haven't experienced, and we mentioned it on my podcast about it, and we, we talked about how to isolate those slates and how you might want to attack them and why you would want to play the 1 o'clock or the 4 o'clock for certain reasons and, and how to approach them. And to me, that is certainly one aspect of it, but just also from a football viewing standpoint too. You know, it felt like if you, you know, especially locally, wherever you were, if you didn't have a great one o'clock game, then all of a sudden you didn't have a lot of choices in the four o'clock that necessarily to choose from. Yesterday, there was a lot of good four o'clock games on that slate, including that Buffalo Bills game against the Arizona Cardinals, which lived up to the hype and certainly delivered at the very end, too. In the last two quarters of that game were fantastically fun to watch. So I like more of the late games. I like the four o'clock games, and I, I would like to see more of this even-handed slate personally. From a from a DFS standpoint, but also from a football standpoint too, I think it makes it easier for me selfishly to to look at the games and cover the games. I'm sure for you too that you don't feel like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed. I've got all these games. I got seven games at one o'clock and three or four o'clock, and you're trying to take in all this information. I like this, even it out a little bit, spread it out a little bit. I think it's better for everybody. What do you think? I, I think it's a reality, but I would say that. For people like myself, it's a little different because I'm committed from the morning until, um, you know, usually the night because of the job. But I think that what you're asking the average NFL fan to do may be a little bit too much because in general, I mean, you're really saying to yourselves there's going to be football on from noon Eastern till 7 or 8. A lot of people don't have that time. They can usually commit to either early or late. So. It's an interesting dynamic because, again, when you think about it as well, uh, usually the game of the week tends to be one of the later games. At least that's the way it's set up to be, is one of the later four mm -hmm, Eastern right. and then eight Eastern are usually the two best games. So I'm going to say reality. It is better, but it also requires a different commitment, I think, because uh, sometimes when the later games come, if there's only three, you can skip it if you're the average NFL fan. If, you know, you're just mm -hmm. basically, okay, look, 
you know, a lot of people are married, they have kids, honey, I want to watch, you know, from one to four Eastern, and then I'll do whatever you want. Or conversely, I won't watch from one to four, and then I'll watch from uh, four o'clock Eastern. This kind of forces you into the whole day, which is okay for me. This is my job. This is what I do. But for the average person, I don't know that this is the better scenario. Um, You know, some folks can only watch one game, and then maybe they get to watch the Sunday night. Maybe they don't. Maybe they get to watch Monday night. So I agree with you. It's better to have more interest at four. I would say this. Having uh, two games late or three is unacceptable. There should always be more than that. I don't know that it needs to be even. But to only have a couple, I don't know how that's two. We had one week. I yeah, think no, that's, that's days, not right. But that was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I hate that. that I mean, that's that, not that's right. But to have it have six, um, you know, that that I don't know. I mean, I, I could see it the way of the average fan, which is basically like I can't commit to doing this for the entire day, which is not yeah, what I would I say. Think I, I think you're using the commit with the word allowed is really what you want to say. You want to say, yeah, that's, allowed. That's I'm true. allowed to watch football. I, I have watched every from- week. From from morning till uh till night this year, I have I have been able to do it. I have not had any breakup in that time. So so far so good for me this year. But when when it gets toward the end, I don't I'm not as committed as it's I am tough. at the beginning. The fantasy, also, I know that in my fantasy leagues, I'm gonna I'm not gonna be in all of them. I'm gonna drop out and and here we are already. So okay, <laughs> so uh, finally let's wrap with this. Kyler Murray has been fantastic. He's probably the fantasy MVP this year based on where you draft him. But for people who forgot. He was also taken by the Oakland A's and given a signing bonus, and he had to give back that signing bonus when he decided that he was going to go play and, and play in the NFL. So I know a little bit about this, so I could speak to it, but fantasy or reality, Kyler Murray would have been dominant in Major League Baseball. Joe, what do you got on that, fantasy or reality? Well, I think he's dominant right now in the NFL, and if you don't think he is, then you ain't watching because the numbers speak for themselves. But it's really hard in Major League Baseball to be dominant as a position player. You know, as a pitcher, you know, we watch Shane Bieber be dominant. He's got the ball in his hand. He's in control of that game. As a position player, it's a little bit harder. You know, you have those four at-bats. You have a couple moments maybe in the field, depending on, you know, sometimes a shortstop can be a dominant player. We've seen that quite a bit in the infield. But most of the time, it's the pitchers who are the dominant players in baseball. And if you are going to be a dominant offensive player, usually it's because you're one of the more power hitting kind of guys, except for one guy I remember named Ricky Henderson, who also had some power, pretty strong guy, not the biggest guy, but very fast and was dominating. And I mean, dominating games, people who don't understand, who didn't get to watch Ricky Henderson, like you and I got to watch Ricky Henderson. This guy would get on first with a walk, steal second, steal third, and then somehow end up scoring. And it was an incredible thing to behold. He would have more stolen bases than some other teams some years. The guy was just a very special talent, and he did change games, dominate games because of the speed when he gave. Now, from that standpoint, if Kyler Murray could have developed into a Ricky Henderson light in some kind of fashion, I think he had a chance, but I'm going to say fantasy. It's just way harder to dominate as a position player in Major League Baseball, and I think the kid made his right choice, and a lot of people thought he made the wrong choice. From a, from his height standpoint, from his physicality standpoint, they said, I don't know, you have a much longer career in baseball, kid. I don't think anybody's saying to Kyler Murray right now, at the pace he's on right now, boy, you really made the wrong decision. You shouldn't have played the NFL. You should have played Major League Baseball. And look, maybe it'll end up coming back to earth and maybe it'll go the other direction. I don't see it right now. But it's just really hard to be a dominant Major League Baseball player as a position player. So for me, I'm going to say fantasy. Craig, what do you think? Yeah, I'll say fantasy too. I think the best case scenario would have clearly been like a Mookie Betts. And, and I think that's a you know, ah, that's another the good top one. Yeah. Of- that's the top of the mountain for for Kyler Murray to be able to get there. But he would have had to spend time in the minors. 
financially speaking, there's a chance that he could have made more money playing baseball, even if he was not Mookie Betts, because <laughs> baseball money is astronomical. And by the way, it's guaranteed too. These NFL contracts, a lot of times it's all in the signing bonus. So when you sign a $300 million contract, you actually have to play out those years to get that $300 million. But I'll agree with you here. I'll say fantasy. Hard to see that. Uh, in, in terms of most of the people who I've talked to that scouted uh, Murray, they thought that he would it would take a while for him to get acclimated into Major League Baseball. And I don't think that height was more or less an issue. It was just that he didn't you – know, it was all about football for him his final year at Oklahoma. Right. So he was kind of playing at a disadvantage. What I would say is this. I would love to see somebody take on both sports again. I don't know that we'll Me ever too. see it happen. But I'd yeah. like to see somebody try. And and I feel like we've lost that. I don't I don't think that we're ever going to get that back again. And it was the it was the positive and the negative. But because of Deion Sanders, and because of just that attention of the going back and forth stuff, flying in on planes and showing up for the World mm-hmm. Series and and not knowing if he was going to play or not, uh, it's been tw- it's been twenty years, right, or thirty years. And I think that nobody right. wants to go through that headache again. Now again, it was Deion Sanders. And and a flashy guy was going to create his own issues, and and you know, and, and basically that was it. But it was always this dynamic of Atlanta, and uh, and Atlanta, or the Yankees, or whatever it was, kind of fighting through what's going to happen with this guy. Is he going to play? Is he going to not to play? Now he's on the red, and and I just don't think. And he wasn't the highest level guy like Bo Jackson, uh, but I don't think that the teams want that distraction anymore. And hey, and if you are the well, eight, not everybody was a distraction. Think about Brian Jordan who did it. And, and so much so, not a distraction that we forget that he did it, <laughs> right? Brian Jordan was a pretty no, good no, he, and right? Jay Dozier also played with the Mets. And, like, and yeah, I was going to say, sure. but, yeah, so but Brian other guys Dozier, that weren't but, as you know, but Dozier was not the caliber in terms of player on either on either sport that Deion Sanders was in football. So I, I I just don't well, know that you can have, have a scenario where two where they're going to be playing the same thing at once, and the money has gone up so much in both sports. That they're gonna make you choose, and and yeah, I think that that's, that's unfortunate. That's the reality. But it, it will require a team that thinks outside the box to say, "Hey, look, like Oakland would be a good example. Hey, maybe mm-hmm. we should allow this to happen because mm-hmm. it puts more attention on us. Maybe this helps us get the new stadium that we've wanted for so long. If we feel so great about this, but." I don't know how Oakland felt about it at the time, whether or not they would have allowed him to do both. But I know once you commit to football, they want you playing football. And that's and that's the end of it. So it's it's something that we'll never really know for sure. And I don't know that we ever will, but I really would like it to happen. I'd like to see that, Joe. I just don't think we're headed in that direction. I hope you're wrong. I think you're right. And I would I would love to see it too, because it was it was good for sports and it was fun, especially to see a, a great athlete be great in more than one platform, I think is is just fun. So I'm um, keeping my fingers crossed that we can buck that trend, but uh, you're probably right. Specialization might kill that. All right, Sports Grid 60 is coming up next, then we'll say so long for this Monday. So make sure you stay right there. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
We'll be back on tomorrow's show with a look at the latest in sports cards, who's hot, who's not, and I'm guessing Kyler Murray will probably be at the top of our list. You will not believe how much money Kyler Murray's sports cards are going for right now. That'll be on tomorrow's show. But let's end the show today with the Sports Grid 60, and for that, we turn it over to Joe with a final thought. Joe? Just when you thought that Tom Brady couldn't have any more records than he already has, he got one more yesterday. Yesterday, he passed Jerry Rice as the all-time leader of fantasy points. Yes, that's right. Tom Brady is now the biggest cumulative fantasy point getter in the history of football. 5,164.4 points for Tom Terrific. And it's probably a record that's going to stand for, I don't know, maybe forever. You look at the NFL nowadays, we can't get guys to play even the whole full season, let alone 20 plus years at the level of Tom Brady. So Tom Brady continues to be the engine that could, no matter how many times you tell it, it just can't anymore. And Drew Brees is right on his tail. He's right there. But you know what? Something tells me Drew Brees is not going to be able to catch Tom in this one. And Tom Brady is just going to keep going and going and going just like that Energizer buddy. So congratulations, Tom Brady. Another feather in your cap, another record for the books. And I think that we'll see Brady back again next year. I don't think there's any doubt about that unless something changes. All right, well, the Masters will be back next year. They'll be playing that, of course, late March, April, whenever they decide to in Augusta. So that's really right around the corner as far as 2021 is concerned. But when you look back and you take a look at what Dustin Johnson accomplished yesterday, pretty impressive, shooting 20 under par to end up winning the Masters and a very emotional uh, discussion afterwards with CBS but I think that most people realize by now that he is married to Paulina Gretzky. But when I say married, I use that a little bit loosely because technically they're not married. They're still engaged, although they do have two kids. But go figure, the great one and the greatest of all time in hockey now associated with the great one on the golf course in Dustin Johnson. So congratulations to DJ for that championship and congratulations to the Gretzkys as well. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to, of course, LTN and for our producer, Brett. Great job with our show today, as always. And Danny Olkers for all the graphics. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I'm Craig Mish. I hope you guys have a great Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow to break it down for you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Talk to you then. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.